In the Pocket, a talk show that showcases Mainers, who are people of color. Each episode represents a member of the Maine community from art, culture, and business, the earth, wind, and fire of life. Embracing and exploring the Black diaspora and descendants of American slavery through conversation is the foundational concept of In the Pocket. The overall mission of In the Pocket is to create conversational space for all people of color that is documented and celebrated through sharing of life experiences. If you like what you're hearing and want to hear it again, or want to check out our archive of past shows, look for us at inthepocket.captivate.fm or search In The Pocket on iTunes or wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at In The Pocket and give us a follow so you never miss a show. Thank you listeners for tuning in to In The Pocket. I'm your host, Flo Edwards, and our special guest today is Pam Chavez. She is a freelance designer. She also has a surfer collective, and she is an adjunct professor at Mecca. Please, Pam, introduce yourself. Hi, um, my name is Pamela Chavez. I'm from Mexico City, born and raised, Mexican to the bone, and moved to Maine six years ago, uh, which honestly was kind of unexpected. (laughs) But I ended up here, and now I love it. I used to hate it. The cold was, I don't even know how to describe it for me, it was just like not a thing. (laughs) But now I find myself even surfing in cold water during winter in Maine, which it was something I didn't see myself doing at the time. Um, I'm a graphic designer. I do a lot of motion graphics and currently running a surf collective uh, to bring more BIPOC community into the cold water. I know it's kind of hard, but believe me, it's really enjoyable. And just to like share it with with all the newcomers to Maine mostly, uh, because it's what kept me sane when I first moved here. So is what I kind of shared same experience. So yeah, hi everyone. Thank you for that introduction. So I I was fascinated to learn that you started surfing in Maine. Um, tell me like how that got started. So. Yeah, uh, I mean, I definitely went a lot to the beach in Mexico, um, but there was never enough money to pay for a surf lesson or to like even think of it. Uh, so when I moved to Maine, I was literally just doing nothing because I couldn't work. I was not allowed to do a lot of things and really under the table jobs were like something that you couldn't get unless you knew someone and I didn't knew anyone. So. Um, I was going a little bit nuts. I started going out for walks at the beach because I had the luck to, at that time, have my partner who had a car. So I could like drive to the beach and I saw some surfers out there. So that was something that was like always in my head when I was living in Mexico, but I never really gave it a shot. So I just went on Google, tried to find free lessons. Yeah, like, like, Google, let me do this for free because I have some money, I'm broke. So, I found this 
farm shop in Kennebunk, Aquaholics, and we're offering like morning free lessons for women. So I hit that one. But after that, it was like, well, now after your free lessons, you have to pay for it, you know, like pay for gear, pay for everything. And I was like, holy, I don't know if I have the money to do that. I didn't. So it was kind of frustrating, but I decided that I really liked it that I really like being in the water. So it was helping my mental health. So I decided to look for surf shops around the area where I used to live at that time, which was South Portland. And I found this surf shop, Black Point, um, in Scarborough. And I biked all the way there in hopes of like doing a trade. And I asked them if I could just like, hey, I tried surfing. I got hooked. I want to do more of this, but I don't have money. I don't have a job. I I literally just moved here. So I'm willing to trade anything. I'm a graphic designer. I'll trade you anything, like graphic stuff, whatever you need. Just get me in the water, you know? So they were, like, really nice enough. Like, not enough. Like, more than enough, I would say. They just, like, tell me, like, oh, yeah, why don't you paint a board for us? Like, just hang it in, like, you know, like have it as a creation. Like, you can like just borrow the gear whenever you want. And I was like, ah, nah, ah, these like these guys are kidding me. You know, like this is not real. It, it was true. Like I painted a board for them, and I kept surfing with like borrowed gear from them for like months, probably like a year. And when I finally got all my papers in place, um, I started working. I stopped putting money aside and I was like, I'm ready to buy a board. And they let me pay it like for installments, you know, and they were like, okay, get you in the water, dude. So that's how I got surfing in me. Like, I was going nuts, literally. So I was just like, I need to, need to do something because my mental health is being compromised right now from being in a big city to like a small town, which is what I consider main, you know? I was just like, I don't know what I'm doing with myself. So surfing literally just kept me, kept me sane. That's good to say, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Nice. I mean, it's good to know that like being outside, being in the water was great for your mental health. Um, I'm kind of curious as to what brought you to Maine. Oh, wow. Like, I mean, let's be realistic. No one else or no one ends up in Maine if it's not because of someone else, right? So, <laughs> it was my ex-partner at the time. Um, we met in Mexico with a Mainer. And we met in Mexico and he was in something and decided to come back. And I was like, at the time, I was like, well, it was nice to meet you. I was hoping this was gonna last longer, but like you're going back home, I can't go there. And he was like, "No, you're coming with me." So that's how I ended up in Maine. And I mean, like, long story short, I decided that it was time for me to come out. So I was like, "Well, I'm gay. I don't think this is gonna work." So didn't end up working because of that, mostly and. Yeah, I decided to stay in Maine, which I didn't see it coming. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm sure you didn't see it coming from Mexico City. Like, I'm gonna be in Maine. I didn't even know Maine was the thing, you know? Like, like, he told me, like, we're going to Portland. And I'm like, Portland, Oregon. You know, like, that's the first thing you, you think of. And he was like, no, Maine. And I was like, where the hell is Maine at? You know, like, Maine? And he was like, yeah, it's like, here. It's like, oh, pretty close to Canada. So you're basically Canadian, right? And he was like, no, I'm a Mainer. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I'm just kidding. You know, but, but yeah, I didn't know. I had no idea Maine existed, you know, it was not on my list of United States states, so, <laughs> yeah, crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Well, to let you know, um, I'm from New York, and so when we were telling our other family members that we were moving to Maine, they're like, is that upstate New York? Like, no, <laughs> no nobody knows where we live. But kind of said that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you made it to the, the first Portland, the original Portland. Good for you. And so cool. Thank you for sharing your like coming out story. I wasn't expecting to hear that. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, like, honestly, uh, once I moved to Queen, I started feeling more like myself. You know, like, in Mexico City, like, I mean, I was pretty much myself, but, like, I definitely always felt attracted to women, but it was, like, so deep in there that, like, I mean, you know, I come from, like, a really religious family, very Catholic family, a traditional family in the South, too, of Mexico, where, like, I mean, I even heard my dad a couple times during a lot of, like, homophobic uh, comments. So, for me, it was like, my brain immediately just processed it as, like, it's a no, right? So, it was easier to go with the, with the flow of things, which doesn't take away that, like, there was a lot of love for this human that was at some point my husband, you know? Like, there was a lot of love, but, like, I was also denying other part of myself. Um, and it didn't, like happened until I moved to Maine where I started feeling like more free away from my family but I was like oh like actually this is the thing like I've been doing a lot of things like hope like kind of like hiding it a little bit you know like I have a lot of queer friends back home but I was like this is normal right and like I'm going to parties and like you know like <laughs> but but it's fine right like but I don't know why to hide them but you know like it was not so when I was like far enough from family that I was like okay I can be myself and then I realized um, yeah so actually this is not gonna work because I really like women this, although there's love here for you as a human like no this is not gonna work out you know so yeah it was a, it was a, a rough transition um a lot of support though, but like from friends I've made here and even more surprisingly from from my family in Mexico actually, which I thought they were gonna, at some point when I came out to them, so I didn't do it instantly, but like when I when I did, I surprised, was, was really surprised in a, in a nice way, so uh, that was nice, I mean it was, it's still hard I think for them in some way 
but but I I didn't expect it that that answer back to coming after that you know and like most importantly I didn't like see it coming from my father you know who was like the one that I heard the most uh, homophobic comments from and he was just like I knew it and I was like I knew it really that's what you're gonna tell me like you have told me before that I didn't have to go through all this shit They always do that. Parents always do that. It's like, well, why didn't you tell me I was gay if you knew it? Like, it saved me the stress. <laughs> yeah, like, don't get streaming here, like, traveling, man. Like, come on, give me something. Cut me some slack. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, now everything is like, like, I feel more like myself. Like, I live with my partner, and she's awesome. Um, you know, I don't know, I just feel more, more myself doing the things I really enjoy. Not hiding them, you know, everyone knows now, so that's, that's great. A good feeling. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. And it's so amazing that your family was supportive. Um, that is awesome to hear. So really, really cool. Um, so yeah, tell me more about the surfing collective. Um, is this something that you started yourself or was it like you ran into these ladies and we're like, yeah, we like to surf. We should like start a collective. Yeah. So, um, I was already surfing for like three years and I met this person, like a friend uh, at that time. And I was like, like, you know what we should do? Like she, she used to do like, she's a really good videographer and, and I'm just like a kid that likes playing and learning new things. So one of my friends is running um, a movie festival from Maine, uh, Main Street, USA. And I had this friend and I was like, yeah, we both serve. And I've been having this idea in my head for so long, but like, I talk as a photographer, videographer, like I'm a good designer, but like I can't take photos even if I was dying, you know, like, but you are a good photographer. So why don't we get together and we do a couple portraits of women to start in me. Like, like there's, there's women out there, I'm pretty sure. So like, let's get them together. So she was like, hell yeah. So we started doing this little short film that ended up like not happening, but you know, like it all started somehow. Where it was just like, okay, let's do this short film. We start filming, we start like spreading the words with like people we knew that deserve. And we're like, hey, we're going to do a meetup to film people or film women this day. And we were like, well, I don't think that many people are going to show up. You know, like I haven't seen that many women sort of being outside. Um, so we were expecting like maybe seven people to show up and women. And as we got there, we ended up being like 20, 25 women in, the, in, in that, uh, at the beach, like just talking about how intimidating it, it can be, how like hard it can be to get in the water when you don't know anyone, or even if you know someone, like it can be just hard, you know? Like it's intimidating, it's the ocean, it's, it's a pretty male dominant sport as well. 
So we were just impressed. And while we were like trying to record all these things for the short film, by the end of it, someone just said like, when's the next meetup? And we're like, what? <laughs> like, we are just filming like a little thing just for fun. And then from there I was like, yes, 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 yes. Let's keep doing this. Let's get all the women together and let's have fun, let's go surf, let's do classes. We got a lot of support from instructors in Spain that are already like surfing and instructing for companies. And we're like, let's do it. And the more we got women together, it was exciting, but at the same time for me, it was like, I mean, I love it. These women are amazing, but I just see two women of color here. So, um, what up? <laughs> you know, like, it would be nice if we can add some melanin to the scene. I know we're in Maine and it's like, like the widest state, you know, but at the same time, I know there's community. I know, I know there's like a lot of refugees. I know there's a lot of Hispanic community, like where they are, they, they have access, do they know they can serve here. Um, I mean, it's definitely like, like important to like create that access for them. So like my vision of just doing like meetups for women like completely changed and like it transformed to like, I don't want to do just photos and an Instagram account. What I want to do really is like bring more women of color into the scene. Not even just women, but like what about kids, you know? Like this has been such a, a good therapy for for me who moved from another country to this one and I've been feeling more connected to the state through the water. So why not try to share that with other people that might be in the same circumstances or even like in harder circumstances, you know? So from there, the project got separated and I met other women who were like in the same, like looking for the same goal. And they were like, we've been wanting to do this for a long time, so let's freaking do it. So that's how Main Women Surf actually became more women surf. Because it's about bringing more women into the into the water. And, and now we're like trying to give lessons like any other company. Lessons for women, private lessons. But a lot of that percentage of the profit, uh, part of that percentage goes towards our efforts of getting more BIPOC folk into the water, get more Jews of other countries or refugee uh, communities into the water to like get access to the same things that we are enjoying because not all of us have that privilege. So we're working towards that. So we have like still running meetups and still doing like private lessons but destinating part of those profits to those other efforts. So right now we're doing free lessons for BIPOC community starting in May. We already have 20 interested people, which is amazing. Um, and we're just excited to like start that process. We ended up partnering up with public Portland schools and we're gonna do a one week summer camp and it's mostly for kids that are underrepresented, culturally speaking. So we're gonna do that for a week and we're hoping to grow and like 
expanded next year. You know, like we're just starting, uh, kind of figuring out as we go. <laughs> but we definitely want to make this something more than just showering balls uh, with a little bit of privilege for a couple days. You know, we want it to become like something that they can keep doing if they really enjoy it. You know, like, like surf is expensive. Surf can be easy. So we try to figure out a way to like keep this access not just for like one or two lessons, but for like a constant um, part of their life. So, yeah, I don't know. It was like a lot of like, <laughs> you know, like realization moments and also finding community that's into it and like willing to help and believe in it. So I don't know. It's been, it's been quite a journey. That's awesome. I love how it started up as like, hey, we're going to make this movie. And then you're like, hey, there's only like a couple people of color here, including myself. And look at you now. That is awesome. Um, I was curious because I've never surfed. But what what are the costs that go into surfing? So, well, first off, gas. You need a car. Mostly, 
the most—it's it's funny because like the damage that happens the most to boards doesn't really happen in the water. It happens in the parking lot, or it happens when you're like heading out or heading into the water because you're not paying attention, right? Like when you're in the water, you're more alert. Your brain is like, I'm in the water, I'm in the water. This is not like my usual um, environment. So like you're alert. But once you step out of the water, you get like too confident, right? So either you drop a board or I'm guilty of this one. You put your board in the top of your car. You don't attach it to your car and you just drive away and then you're bored and stop playing. So that's, that's the cookiest thing you can do. Like, it's like, you don't attach your board to your car. Okay, there goes playing. So now it's broken. You know? So like, those, most of those accidents happen when you're out of the water. They're actually in the water. Uh, they will happen in the water if you don't know what you're doing. But like, most of them, I would say, are outside of the water. If you're not being mindful of what you're doing. I mean, I'm guilty of it. Like, we've all done something like that, you know? For sure. I've definitely put things on the top of my car and driven off. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, oh yeah, there's yeah. my coffee cup. Um, thank you again. Um, actually, is there, we're going to do the plug in a little bit, but is there anything that we haven't talked about that you'd like to talk about? Um, no, I would say, I mean, um, just an artist me, <laughs> you know, like if you ever need any design stuff around, you can look me up uh, on Instagram at sam.chevis or if you ever want to surf and you want to give it a shot just look at morewomensurf on Instagram or morewomensurf.com and send us uh, a message, like there's a form for all the BIPA community to register and get free lessons or if you can afford it we have like group lessons for women or private lessons, so just hit us up. Uh, we're here, like it's it's exciting for us to just get more people in the water, but like at the same time teach them how to do it. So whatever it is, you know, you need like a mural, call me. You need to get in the water because you're just gonna have fun. Hit me up. <laughs> so we are here for all of those needs, water or painting wise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and um, for the mural or painting it's pamchavez.com do you have a website yeah that would be pamchavez p-h-e-b-e-z.com if you like what you've heard and want to hear it again or want to check out our archive of past shows look for us at inthepocket.captivate.fm or search in the pocket on itunes or wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at In The Pocket and give us a follow so you never miss a show.